life of David. And before we get into our scripture reading, um, I'm going to ask you to stand and uh, say hi and welcome to people who you didn't come with and uh, welcome the church, them to church if you would. Sorry, my instructions weren't clear. Uh, we're going to remain standing for scripture reading. Sorry to make you sit down and get back up. Sorry about that. 2 Samuel 22, 2 through 7. Uh, this will be the reading of God's word. And I'm going to read the first verse. You'll respond. And just as they did in the Old Testament days, you know, we want to respond out loud as, and we want to proclaim this, right? 2 Samuel 22, 2 through 7. We'll have a uh, reading of God's word. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. My God, I call upon the temple of the Lord. Cry for David. Amen. Please be seated as Pastor John shares God's word with you all. All right. Good morning, everyone. I don't know who chose those pictures for the community groups, but why is me and my wife's picture the only one with food and us picking out? So I thank you for that. I appreciate that. I want to ask you a favor with the person next to you. Do you mind sharing maybe a low point this week, something that happened that was a little bit difficult? Maybe you feel like, man, yeah, that was kind of a low point for me. Do you mind sharing that if you're comfortable enough with the person next to you? Go ahead. All right, for the sake of time, um, no more sharing. Okay, sorry. Look, you know, life is filled with good times, highs. But also, as you know, as I've heard many rumblings of sharing, there are a lot of lows. Every week, stuff happens. And it hits you. And sometimes it's very light. Maybe it's something that is just something that kind of passes. For example, this Friday, one of our pastoral staff, Pastor Paul, he went to the ER. And uh, here's a picture of him. So <laughs> just want to embarrass him. So that's me and Gene. We, we, we got the text. We're like, oh, shoot. So we went to go visit him. We wanted to go pray for him. And as we go and visit, um, 
It wasn't that serious, okay? I mean, yeah, I, I won't explain it, but it wasn't that serious, so, you know, kind of laughed about it, and then we prayed for him, and then he was discharged the next day. So sometimes lows come and kind of, oh, it's okay, it's not that big of a deal. And then there are moments in our lives, uh, and I don't know if you had one of those moments this week, where it really rocks you. And maybe it's been happening for a long period of time. You know, we've been tracking through First and Second Samuel through the life of David. And on his journey, we've seen many high moments. He's the anointed one, the one that kills Goliath, the one that is called the next king. He's the leader, the shepherd. And now, in the midst of that, there were also very low moments as well. Some that he created, some that kind of came to him. And here's the thing, in our passage in 2 Samuel 22, we are near the end of his journey. And he looks back and he sings a worship song to God. A song of recognition and worship. Not because his life was perfect, filled with highs and lows. But here's the thing, he looked back and he realized that God was, and these are the two words I want you to realize this morning, that God was his refuge And his rescue. That there were times when he needed a shelter to endure the difficulty. And there were times where he just needed to be rescued because it was so messed. And he needed to find a way out. And God provided both. And I love this worshipful psalm. In 2 Samuel, because it's a great reminder for us that although lows come, we can still sing worship songs to God. Amen? Okay, let's try that one more time. All right? Because lows come. But even though lows come, we are called to, and I believe if we are strengthened by his grace, following the word of God, we can still sing worship songs to God. Amen? So that's where we're going. Because David recognizes, point one, that God was his refuge. So say that with me. God is our refuge. So verse 2 says this. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, and then once again, what? My refuge. I want you to catch the the repetition. It's not on accident. He wants you to realize something that he recognizes in his life. That God has been a refuge. A refuge is something to weather the storms of life through. Right? He gives three beautiful images of what that looks like. He calls God his rock, his fortress, and his shield. And they are all places To take shelter or protection when the storms of life come, when the attacks of the enemy come. You guys know that hymn, Rock of Ages? I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I was going to try to sing it, but I didn't want to discourage you, so I'm not going to sing. But in 1763, Reverend Augustus Toplady, he was in a terrible storm. He was caught. But luckily he found this rock with the ledge, and he took refuge under it. 
he waited for hours as the storm, this terrible storm, passed by. And as he was hiding under that rock in that shelter, he wrote and penned this beautiful hymn. And it goes like this. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. You see, there are moments when we go through situations in life where we need a refuge to endure through these storms that come. And the Bible constantly reminds and points us to the fact that it is our refuge, God, who is available for us, right? If you look at the Psalms alone, Steve, if you don't mind shooting that up, there are 24 chapters just in Psalms that mentions that God is our refuge and it should be our refuge that we turn to when we go through times to endure. I want to look at two of those. In Psalm 46.1, it tells us this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. I love that word ever-present. In the Hebrew, it's the word matzah, which means found. Okay, Meaning... When we go through difficult situations, we look for ways to find protection and shelter, don't we? And as we're looking, we can look to all sorts of places. And the Bible is saying, it is found in our God. So go there. This is why in Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9, it says this. It is better to take refuge in the Lord. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Because the Bible knows something about us that we already know, which is when we go through difficult times, our first inclination, at least for me, is what? To try to trust myself, to figure it out. I'm smart enough, I'm able to figure it out so that I can weather this storm. And he's like, it's not actually better to trust in man or prince, no matter how great that person is. It's always better to find your refuge in God. Isn't that true? Okay, thank you. One person in the front. You know, growing up, uh, I've had many moments where I needed to practice this. Because, you know, in my family life, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. There was very, a lot of rocky moments growing up. You know, my dad, and I've shared this before, and also I'm very candid here. You know, my dad was not a Christian. He was a, he was a hardcore alcoholic. He was, he was drunk every night. And many times that would lead to him hitting my mom. And so there were moments where I hear her screaming, so I would run out at 2 a.m., wake up from my sleep, and I would start fist fighting my dad. And that was kind of the chaos I kind of grew up in. And so every night, I would try to pray because I realized something very early on in my life. I can't be my own shelter. I can't be my own refuge. You and I are not strong enough. We are not able to control other people around. The Bible always says our refuge is in our God. It is better than man. It is better than the greatest of men, princes and kings of this world. If you're going through something and God is calling you to endure, 
to lean on God. Because that is where our strength is found. If you think, I can do it, it will quickly fall apart. You know, at Gordon Conwell in my THM program, uh, there was a Cambodian pastor who was a part of um, my program. And, uh, you know, he was kind of an older gentleman, so he started sharing a testimony. He survived the horrific genocide of the 70s of Pol Pot. I don't know if you ever followed that historical movement. There are thousands of Cambodians killed. And he survived it. He said growing up, him and his family, every night there was gunfires, bombs going off. And so every house had to build a shelter, a bomb shelter. They would dig in the ground and put some wooden planks over it. And every time they would hear gunfire or bombs, they would go hide under there. And as he was sharing this, he was talking about this idea of a shelter or refuge. And he said he would hide under this wooden panel under his house. And he knew one thing. If a bomb hit it, guess what would happen? They would all die. It would do nothing to protect them. Does that make sense? It was their refuge, but he shared this, and it really struck me. He said, that's why as a Christian man, I would teach all my brothers and sisters, would have them pray to our actual refuge, who is God. Because he knew that although he had this plank of wood and he was under the ground, that truly what would protect them was what? God. And that's what we need to realize. It's not to be unwise. We should do certain things to set up our life, but ultimately realizing that what? God is our shelter. God is how we endure. This is why I love Psalm 61. It says this. From the ends of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. And I love this phrase. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. That's my prayer for you and I. That God would lead us when we go through difficult times. Lead us to you. The rock that is higher than I. That is more capable that is actually the true shelter, and let me hide myself in thee. That's the first thing that David sees in his own personal life. Because as he went through the dark times, he realized it wasn't because he was the anointed one. It wasn't because he had good friends around him. It was simply because God was his shelter. And he praises God because of that. The second thing we see, he sees and he recognizes and worships God because God was his rescue. I want you to say that with me. God is our rescue. If you look at verse 3, the end of it, it says this. My Savior, you save me. Or in other words, you rescue me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am what? Saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shield. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I called. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. The biblical word salvation means rescue. And sometimes there are situations in our life God wants you to endure through it. But there are times where we don't need to endure, we need to be pulled out. Because it's a it's a situation that's death or life. This is why in verse 5 he says, 
The waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. He's saying, you are my shelter through some difficult times. This is a situation that is dire. And I need you to save me. This kind of reminds me, I don't know if you remember in 2018 of that story. There was a soccer team in Thailand. They got stuck in the caves. Did you guys read this? So 12 boys and one coach. So they took a little like kind of trip to kind of see the beautiful caves of Thailand. So they went two, two and a half miles in. Flash flood. Boom. Rains came. Everything flooded. Stuck. They couldn't find them for nine days. And then it took them another eight days to come out. Does that make sense? So in this situation, they don't need a refuge. Does that make sense? They don't need to endure. They need to be saved. Here, David knows something great about God. That there were moments in his life where it was difficult, but God helped push him through. But there were situations that were so messy, and some of it that he created, but God rescued him. Loving enough and strong enough to do the same for you and I. Look, I want to remind you that he is our savior. That we sit here, and maybe he's physically saved us from certain things, okay? But also, more importantly, spiritually, he has saved us from the dire situation, the darkest of pits of hell because of our sin. And he has saved us, not because we deserve it. Like David knows he is not saved because he's so fantastic. No, we've been following his life. He's made a lot of mistakes. But God saves us because he is rich in mercy, rich in love, rich in kindness towards us. That's what it tells us in Titus 3, 5, and 6. Read on with me. It says this. He saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This is our God, my friends. You might be like, no, my debt is too big. I've made too many mistakes in my life. God is rich enough to cover over your debts. And David looks at the way God has saved him, and he can't help but to worship him. Now check this out. Not only does he say that God saved him, but this is the coolest part. God heard him in his distress. Isn't that the coolest thing? That God hears you and I. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is 2019. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I call someone and they can't hear me. Right? Does that bother you? Bothers the heck out of me. I'm like, sprint, get it together, right? I'm trying to have a conversation here. But that's the most frustrating. And I do a lot of marital, premarital type stuff. That's one of the biggest frustrations. He doesn't listen to me. Or she doesn't listen to me. Because I'm talking to him and he's looking at the TV and going, uh-huh, 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 right? When someone doesn't hear you, it's very frustrating. You know what I love about this? If you look at verse 7, what does it say? It says, in my distress. Okay? 
I called upon the Lord. To my God I called. And from his temple, check this out, from his holy temple, although he's up high, he heard my voice. And my cry came to his ears. God hears when we are in distress and we call out to him. I mean, even in this room, maybe 150 single, distressful, messy, silly, serious cry for help. And he cares enough to answer us. Isn't that amazing? That is our God. And David, can you imagine? He just sinned with Bathsheba. And then last week we talked about Psalm 51, and he's crying out, create in me a clean heart. And God's not like, you fool, you messed up. No, I'm not going to create a clean heart in you, right? No, it's literally the next moment if we would in our distress call out to him, God hears us. You know, this week I was at Target. You know, when you have a newborn or an infant, you're at Target a lot. So I was at Target a lot this week. But one time... I saw this lady. She had a kind of a boy, and the boy was going crazy. He lost it. He's crying, flailing himself, right? And you've probably seen this at Target. And so, uh, you know, I'm watching kind of and, you know, shaking my head like, yeah, I'm glad Joshua's not like that, right? So, you know, but as I was reflecting on the sermon and I was watching, the craziest thing was this mom was not phased at all. Have you seen this? The kid's going crazy, and she's just like, not fa- I mean, literally nothing, right? But kind of the thought that came to mind as I was thinking about this whole idea of God hearing us, clearly this kid was in distress, okay? Clearly. He was not happy because his mom maybe said no to a toy he wanted. Or he didn't want to sit in that child seat like a lot of kids. Or maybe he just fought the nap. And so he's super tired or hangry or whatever, and he's just losing it. Clearly he was in distress. And he's just like, ah, and like crying out to mom, and mom just could care less. And I, I, that, I'm just like that kid, I realize, in the eyes of God. Right, there are times when I'm distressed, and I'm crying out to God because, like, God, you didn't give me this, man. Like, I have other things that have so many wonderful things, but dude, how come this didn't work out? Like, oh, or I'm just tired. So, and I saw literally a picture of myself and how God hears us sometimes. And there are moments where I approach God, and it's so silly if I just take a step back. Like, God, how could you not let this work out for me? And the perspective is so shallow and broken sometimes. But here's the thing. Unlike that mom, I mean, she's not a bad mom. I just want you to know, okay? But unlike that mom, our God always hears us, always responds when we cry out to him. No matter how ugly or serious, God hears you in that moment. And he'll come to save when we call out to him. With that in mind, 
I want to just share this quote that I saw this week. It says, God is the best listener. I want you to realize that. You don't need to shout nor cry out loud because he hears even the very silent prayer of a sincere heart. Our God is a God who sent his only son so that he can have relationship with us. How would he not care about every detail that's going on in your life? You can turn to him, cry out, and he's faithful to answer. Right? So with those two things in mind, David looks at this whole situation. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He sings a worship song, not because his life was perfect, but simply because he knew that God was always with him. When he needed to endure, he was his refuge. When he needed to be rescued, God was his salvation. And I hope you're realizing as you kind of reflect back that that has really the picture of what God has done for all of us. And when you think about that, how could you not worship? How could we not want to give him our very best? You know, in Psalm 103.1, I love this. It says this, and this is King David. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I want you to just focus on that last part. Do you know what affects our worship? Do you know what affects my worship? It's not tough times. Tough times are tough. But you know what really affects my worship is when I forget God. When I forget how much he's already done for me. When I forget how blessed my life already is. I want you to just take a look around you. Do you mind just looking around? If you're married, I want you to hold hands with your husband and wife. You're like, oh my gosh. Right now, I want you to hold hands. I want you to realize something. You are so far more blessed than you can even imagine. And let me just tell you something. None of us deserve it. We live in the greatest bubble in Orange County. It's the cleanest. We have education, car, house. Look at the people that God has surrounded us with. We look at the fact that even though maybe you're not free from worship, I'm sorry, free from worry, that we have a place to come and worship God freely. We forget the giver and how blessed we already are when we don't deserve it. By the way, you could let go of your hand. Yeah, I see. It could get awkward, so I just, okay, you could let go. But when you forget the fact that God, oh my gosh, the benefits that he has provided for me. When you forget that, it affects your worship. And instead of worship, the communication becomes complaint. David could have written a different psalm. God, how come you didn't protect me? How come you let this happen with Saul? But that wasn't his perspective. His perspective was not complaint because he realized his benefits. He never forgot who God was and how much God has done for him. So when you're able to sit and ponder upon the fact that God has given us so much, even when tough times come, even when life is not what we imagined it to be, 
You know when I was growing up, you know when I wanted to be? Anyone? Not a pastor. No, not a basketball player. Okay. I actually wanted to be an orthodontist. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> no, I did. And the reason why is because when I was in seventh grade, I got my braces. And this dude had the perfect life in my mind. Nice car, looked like a great family, and this and that. And so what ended up happening is all of a sudden my life became, if I don't have that, it's not perfect. If this is not working out, it's perfect. And we all have kind of a list of some stuff like that right now currently. So instead of focusing sometimes on the list of what you want, the Bible is pointing us to what has God already done for you. Because you can trust him in your future as well as worshiping the present. So I hope and my prayer is that God would lead us to the rock that is higher than I when we need to endure. When we need to be rescued, we will cry out to God and that he will come. And you will trust that. But ultimately that we will be people that worship him. So we say not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because he deserves it. Let's pray together.